0: Hey, it's, think Tank. it's Think Tank Thursday Not easy to say at this hour. It is 9.07. Uh, so it looks like we've got a full boat because i uh, got a whole list of cases uh, coming up with Dave Rowland. Uh, Brian, let's see if we can get Fred Perry to come on right at 11 o'clock to talk about the schools. Do you think we All can do right. that? I'll give it a shot. Give it a shot. See if we can do that. Uh, we've got uh, Jim Babka. He's got an interesting array of topics that he wants to cover. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we kick the program off with Kevin Jackson, the Kevin Jackson Network. And uh, I was listening to this uh, this audio. Brian actually found this, and uh, we're going to play it. Uh, this is a. Uh, I'm not sure that this is really real. I'm not sure that this isn't just somebody uh, screwing with us. A parody, but she is a is she a parody, yes. But she is uh, allegedly a teacher.
1: Hi, Miss Luna, activist teacher here again. And I just wanted to share with you guys about how I am starting a new uh, communist lunch program in my classroom. So what I've been noticing is that my white privileged kids, they have much better lunches than my BIPOC students. So I wanted to make sure everything was more equitable in my class. So we started having a communist style lunch. So what I do is I ask all of the kids to put their lunches all together Um, every item of their lunch inside of a basket. And then at lunchtime, I distribute it all equally to them so that they can all have um, a uh, more equitable lunches. And I have this one white privileged student and he's always complaining to me that he's getting the hummus and carrot sticks while the other kids are getting, the BIPOC kids are getting the six pack of Oreos. And I tell him, you know, uh, even though I am doing my best to make this equitable, we also have to make up for 300 years of oppression.
0: So uh we initiated I'm that the here. Activist
1: teacher here again and
0: So we initiated that here and uh, Brian, I got yours uh, and it's a roast beef sandwich. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, uh-huh. y- you got Kevin's, would you get? I haven't opened it yet, Well, it's give it a, a-, uh, it a look see. It's a fat Albert lunchbox and uh <laughs> I'll open it up here. Oh, yeah. That Col- sounded,
2: sounded like Lily Tomlin. <laughs> what, what'd you get? It, did, Brian? It, it sounded like a joke, like it was Lily Tomlin, you know. It, 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 it
0: wasn't, but I want to see what was in your lunch that Brian got. I got uh, <laughs> collard greens? What is that? Watermelon. <laughs> Watermelon and grits.
2: <laughs> and fried chicken. Oh, and yeah, fried uh, chicken. And my good time stormers. <laughs> This. I'm going to get you white boys one day when you least expect it. <laughs> no, You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get the WEF to give me your cars. <laughs> That's <how. laughs> I want the World Economic Forum to give me Gary Nolan and Brian Hanson's cars. <laughs> well, gonna be
0: gonna be, spe- we're going to fight over
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be specific. I don't want just any white guy's cars, WEF. I want those white boys' cars. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you, but you see, you'll have to pay a gas guzzler tax if you get money.
2: No, 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 no. I get out of all of that because I'm black. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I have that fat Albert Lynch box. <laughs> I get out of jail free time. <laughs> Oh,
0: All right, so there are two Republicans whose hats in are in the ring uh, yeah. to run for president. And uh, Nikki Haley, what do you think?
2: What a joke! Um, you know, so what? What they the Democrats want to do is they 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 will enlist any. And by the way, there'll be dozens. The, the Democrats will literally go to these people and say, "We'll give you tons of money. Just get in the race. Let people know that Trump is not just going to be the, the the you know the de facto candidate, and technically he should be." I mean, if it, we, we all supported Trump in 2020 because he deserved a second term. Outside of his handling of COVID, his presidency was pretty much stellar. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, from the standpoint of his personality and how he did things, but he, were, he had a good presidency and a good run, and he deserves a second term. Uh, the only viable candidate, honestly, I think is going to be DeSantis. And Ron DeSantis is going to struggle because the people that don't want trump are the people that the maga types don't like the the establishment republicans and that's what it's going to take for Ron DeSantis to win i'm going to be with him we're bringing him to the town in june so i'll have a lot bit better update around that time which it'll be things will be heating up but as far as nikki haley goes and i think they they're saying tim scott's going to throw his hat in the ring and of course john bolton i mean look uh, John Bolton will get as many votes for for to be president as the next Uber driver that I get in the car with. Nobody cares about Bolton. Nobody cares about Nikki Haley, the woman who who was who got put on the map really because of Donald Trump and. I, in my opinion, did some misguided things in South uh, South Carolina. The main one that I can't stand that she did is when she took down the uh, the Confederate flag, and you know, and she had an opportunity to, to to really call the Democrats out. And she says, you know, the Democrats put it up, or Republicans took it down. And I would have, what I would have done is said, Democrats put it up and I'm calling on the highest ranking democrat to come take it down. The Republicans do not need to take down this flag because it represents southern pride and we didn't put it up. So she she missed a real opportunity, but as a viable candidate for presidency, she's a joke.
0: The uh the reason I think Donald Trump went soft on her when he, you know, made comment uh, about it was he recognizes that if there are enough Republicans who have hats in the ring? Yeah. <laughs> he's got a plurality, and uh, and he prevails.
2: And- I agree. Well, there's there's some there's some truth to that, but, but again, who's really gonna you know Pence? If Pence gets, Pence is a joke. I, I I tell people this story because it's a fact. At the height of the Trump era, uh, and he had gotten cheated out of the election. Pence was at at a, at a uh, resort in Scottsdale where we were having a big event. Pence came into that hotel, and he, th- th- there were three people with him. In fact, there were two, one there was one guy talking to him, another waiting, and this guy I was with was like, I said, "There's Mike Pence," and he went, "Oh, he goes. You mind if I get a? Can you get a picture of me with him?" And I was like, "You want one?" He was like, yeah, 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 and so I took. He went over, chit chatted with Pence for a second. No exaggeration, Gary. I'm not kidding. There, there were never more than three people around Pence. He was looking around, kind of like, why aren't people wanting to talk to me? people walking through the, I'm talking about hundreds of conservatives, fire breathing conservatives. It was at a resort, so you know it was some well heeled people. Not one, I mean, three people talked to the man that i, I personally personally
0: saw yeah I nobody cared i don't think pence is the kind of fire brand that uh... or has that uh... that fire in the belly that i think you would need uh... to win that nomination but no, um... you and i had made a bet about whether or not the uh, governor of florida ron DeSantis, would run if donald trump runs and you were sure yeah. he would not and
2: so well, at the time, yeah, you're probably gonna, you are probably may win this bet because I think he's gearing up. And I know, I can tell you with 100% certainty, there are some big money people trying to get DeSantis in. There's no question. I mean, they're, in, they're wanting him in. And I've been in the meetings. So there's the question of that, you know, it, I'm probably going to lose that bet. But at the time when I made it, I can tell you it was definitive. Through, and you know how politics are. <laughs> They're as definitive as the weather, right? So, yeah, at the time, I was very confident based on comments made by DeSantis and others that he would not get in if Trump got in. But, you know, things have changed.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> Nikki Haley said the same thing.
2: She I wouldn't know. run if he ran. Would- Right. And then, then, yeah, I just, I thought that DeSantis would be, yeah, number one, I didn't think Trump was going to say negative things about him. Uh, I didn't think that the, I I shouldn't have bet on this one, that the establishment was going to, you know, let up because they want, they, the establishment Republicans, the people who really are the the elites, if you will, of the party, they do not want Trump in. And it's a very simple reason. He's effective. And they are part of the uniparty. And you can't, you need chaos. You can't be successful. Um, you got to You need chaos. I mean, it's just that's a fact of the matter. <laughs> to be successful in politics and, and in terms of stealing from the public, you got to have chaos. You got to have fear. Well,
0: um, we'll see what, how it unfolds. Uh, uh, I'm not sure that that's that that's really the answer. Um, that they're you know that, that they don't want him. Uh, because he was effective, I would think they would want him if he
2: was as effective. No, they no. They, they, look, there's been nothing close to Trump. The 75, whether you believe the numbers or not, 75 million people supposedly voted for him. Of the, and, and of course, we know 81 million didn't vote for Joe Biden. But but if you use just using those numbers, he's the most popular Republican president in the or president. In the history of the nation. And you're going to tell me they don't oh, want him? Of wouldn't course.
0: you have to say Biden is the most popular because he got more votes? Yeah,
2: right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, of course,
0: we all believe that, right? Yeah, he is really popular. I love the guy myself. Like uh, it, listen, I can only
2: imagine,
0: yeah. Listen, we, we've we uh, talked about the vaccines uh, and, and where we stand on them. And you know who Drew Pinsky is, Dr. Drew? <laughs>
2: Yeah, I do. I saw his video where he apologized to Naomi Wolf. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna play that when we come
0: back. Get some feedback from you. You're listening to the Gary Nolan Show, and the inimitable Kevin Jackson is our guest. The Kevin Jackson Network dot com on the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 21 minutes after nine o'clock, and uh, Kevin Jackson is with us. The Kevin Jackson Network dot com, uh, and if you go there, you get to find out all the things that Kevin is involved in, including. Uh, his comedy tour by the way uh, how did things go in Florida
2: Gary we knocked it out of the park truly one of the best comedy shows ever and I'm not saying it because I was one of the comedians we had people they came up to us they were one guy said to me point blank he says Kevin I, I think this might be the best comedy show I've ever seen I said go tell it to the guy doing post you know getting all the audience reaction but, but people were overwhelmed and um, you know, I, but here's what I can tell you I'm not doing this comedy show in any locations unless I have sponsorship. I've sponsored two locations myself with my own money. And what was funny about the show, is, or good about it, is people said it was perfect for the conservative movement because we're talking about free speech and we're talking about all the things that you supposedly can't talk about. And we did it freely and openly. And you know it was a friendly audience without question, but people were just excited that there were people out there speaking on behalf of conservatives because it's bigger than just the comedy. It's about what you can and can't say. And I don't know if you saw that twenty thousand dollars. This uh, somebody got charged at the Shake Shack because one of the employees misgendered one of the uh, employees. They they filed a lawsuit and won twenty grand because they got misgendered. Somebody didn't use the right pronoun or something. It's ridiculous. And, and if somebody's not fighting back, I mean, I don't even know what world our kids and grandkids are going to face. Have you made a, a video
0: of these performances?
2: Yeah, we, we're cutting. We have we. We talked about it yesterday. We just cut the Scottsdale video. We, we did video this one. We'll start showing clips. I'm telling you, this show was phenomenal. Whoever puts their money behind this show is going to get all kinds of accolades. It just such a great show, and I feel, honestly, it's sacrilegious that we can't, you know, that we don't have massive sponsorship and easily fill uh, 500 to 1,000-seat theaters. It, you know, this theater was 800 and seats 818. We had it about half full, but I'm telling you, this show is phenomenal, and it's so good. And the comedy, the humor is so bitingly fun and witty. Uh, I, I just can't wait for more people to see it well you
0: make a video and then uh, have pay uh, put in a a pay uh, a pay site so that you can uh, sell the video and people can see it from everywhere yeah, in the world we're going
2: ultimately we're going ultimately end up doing that but when you're trying you know when you're going around the country touring you are you, only going to write so many jokes right so you you want to get those done and then we'll, when we do it next year it'll be a whole different show but i want this to be a show we do every year with new material cuz let's face it
0: we want immaterial. The there you go. Listen, Doctor Drew Pinsky. I've uh, I've always had a lot of respect for him, uh, and uh, he actually came out and apologized for his um, well. I, I I won't call it an attack, but dismissal of uh, Naomi Wolf, uh, and so he goes out on national, you know, nationally, and and makes this uh, this apology and. Um I I want to start with
3: um a very sincere apology. I want to as 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 effusively as I can fall on my sword. And I want to explain why and what and and frame it. So sit back and enjoy this if you like this kind of thing. So <laughs> we now know that uh we have a Pfizer a very significant visor executive on the record saying that they knew about these menstrual irregularities being a very serious concern. I have now seen uh, pathological specimens that show excess spike protein in the ovaries, in the adrenal gland. Uh, We, the, these, uh, uh, The executive in the Project Veritas case pointed out that he thought maybe it had something to do with the hypothalamic pituitary axis, which is a very common, sort of it's a very delicate cycling system, a neuroendocrine system that women have that can get easily set off, but we now know some of the possible mechanisms, not just the ovaries, uh, but also there could be, we've seen excess spike protein now in the myelin and actually in the neuronal cell walls, so it could actually be direct neuronal effects. And we also know that spike protein is affecting plasminogen activator inhibitor by inhibiting that inhibitor and causing problems with bleeding and clotting. And we, of course, also know now that this spike protein is very much a part of what we call an endotheliitis or a lining of the artery problem that could easily be manifest in the uterine wall and the uterine lining. So there's at least five mechanisms I could think of that could be causing this that are of serious concern. And I I'm getting emotional when I when I want to say this, when Naomi brought this up, I was the kindest thing I can say is I was dismissive. I was quietly dismissive of what she was bringing up, because I had seen menstrual irregularities caused by everything in my career, and I thought oh, it's just another thing. It's just another thing. I was wrong. I apologize. I got it. I, I don't know whether we're going to find out exactly what's going on, but I I was I was as wrong as I could be. And the one thing that this pandemic has taught me. Well, one of the many things I've learned a lot of things that I didn't want to know, but the one thing that I did want to know is, hubris and certainty is the enemy. It, it, you can't be certain about a lot, and don't don't discount anything until we know for sure what the data is.
0: So I uh, I listened to that, and and I feel like I'm almost in the same boat. Uh, I I trusted the vaccine. I got the vaccine. I didn't tell people not to, and I didn't tell people to get the vaccine. Uh, I said, if, you know, if this is something that you want to do, um, I did it. You know, that's your choice. Uh, but in retrospect, uh, many of the callers were correct. I was wrong. Uh, we should, none of us have gotten this thing. And uh, <laughs>
2: Do we got a stake on this?
0: No, we don't have a stake on this. <laughs> I know you're desperate <laughs> to get even. That's kind of what I remember, though. I, uh, I, really, you, I man, think I, think, but, I, think I was on in on the bet, too, wasn't I? Find, a, <laughs> find that audio, Hanson. It doesn't exist. Oh, I can put I it together for sure.
2: <laughs> well, here's what I can tell you about Dr. Drew. Uh, and, and, and I just did a thing on experts. I don't believe in government experts. Now, he gave a very clinical definition of what it did with spike proteins and stuff that I personally would never be able to to duplicate. But I do know common sense stuff. And I noticed what was beginning to happen with people, and I warned people about it, and so did many others. And you know what everybody would say? Well, you're no expert. You're no expert. You're no expert. Well, you know what? I'm not one of the experts either, the 51, who said that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian misinformation. And I'm not one of the experts who said that Joe Biden got 81 million votes and that January 6th was a, a, a you know some sort of conservative conspiracy where nobody actually used their guns of the 800 million guns we own. These experts are experts at lying and taking the the nonsense that the government and big pharma and all these people feed them. And, yeah, then they make their, quote, expert opinions. But when you're looking at things objectively, when people around you are getting sick and getting blood clots and myocarditis and dying, and you're looking at the insurance agents say, "You know, we really had a spark in the number of people who died under 50." The actuaries and the funeral home directors saying the same things. You start to go, "Wait a minute. Let me. Can we just pump the brakes a little bit?" And none of these experts did.
0: Yeah, I I'm absolutely convinced that, and it's coming up on one year uh, in three days uh, that I lost my sister because of this. I think it killed her. Um.
2: If she if she let me tell you she got the shot and boosters because the boosters I think were worse. Yeah, she the, got the shots shot.
0: and the booster. Yeah. And and I think I think that was uh that was what killed her. So um, uh, So I'm apologizing to everybody uh, cuz I probably should have known, probably should have told you don't do it. Kevin Jackson, the kevinjacksonnetwork.com. Kevin, thank you for being with us. All
2: right guys, take care.
0: All right buddy, take care. Uh, Jim Babka, and he's got a whole host of things you're going to want to hear. Uh, among other things, we will try to get to the Ohio train crash, but oh, there's so much more. Gary Nolan, this Zimmer. is the Gary Nolan Show. Coming up at 10.05, we will hear from Patrick Ishmael. Patrick is the uh, Director of Government Accountability at the Show Me Institute. He's going to talk about the uh, the latest on the Education Accountability and Transparency. Bills, they're moving through uh, the Capitol as we speak. So he'll be on board one half hour from now at ten oh five. But right now it's uh, Jim Babka, Grace Arkey uh, on a whole host of places from YouTube on down, uh, and he has a, a a concern about these unidentified flying objects. He doesn't think the Republicans are taking it seriously. Jim, I hear the Republicans screaming about this constantly. Why don't we know? Why didn't the president come out and tell us? What's going on?
4: Well, you know, I've actually seen quite a bit of uh, people suggesting that this is a distraction from other issues in the news, that we're being offered this right now so that we won't look at what's going on on some other issues, uh, including uh, what's happening in in, uh, Ohio right now. But I I, so I think that's why I, I mentioned to you, I think the Republicans probably aren't taking this seriously enough. To my knowledge, someone can call and correct. You have a, a very smart audience. Someone can call and correct me, but I don't believe that we have engaged in shootdowns of uh, foreign or alien aircraft of, of any kind uh, over the uh, over the uh, over the United States. I don't believe that that's actually happened. Um, we this is this is new territory for us, um, and that we've had it hap- we've had three of these shootdown events happen over North America here in the last. Uh, Week and and the general who runs NORAD was was at pains to express and be clear that these were not balloons that these were actually uh, flying objects that the, of, of unknown origin and we have a story uh, in um, on the one for Lake Huron where a sidewinder missile off of an F sixteen. Uh, was fired and it didn't. Uh, the first one missed. Uh, the, that's you know that shouldn't happen. This it, it means that they believe that this object had a heat signal, or the the system detected a heat signal and should have been able to track it, and yet this this whatever this was uh, managed to evade. Uh, and so I, I don't know that like the the regime media is quite in on this. I mean the whole room in front of the White House press secretary erupted in laughter when she addressed it uh, and started making wise jokes. Uh, because, you know, they're completely, you know, the idea that anybody would suggest that this could be uh, potentially alien craft is completely outside of uh, the realm of permissible discussion, uh, despite the fact that there's a great deal of evidence, uh, and some of it's been revealed recently by our own government, very recently, and very little, but a little bit at least, that we there are things that we can't identify and they don't belong to any foreign power that we know.
0: Well, so you're saying you suspect it is from another planet.
4: I'm saying that that shouldn't be foreclosed. It shouldn't be laughed at. It should be investigated and taken seriously. That doesn't mean that I know what it is. I don't know any more than anything. In fact, like I know less, because, and so does everybody here, because we're not being told anything. It's not being taken seriously. Well,
0: um, my first thought is if the Martians call up to complain that we shot down their, their weather device, uh, we'll know. But until then, what about you
4: know they fired I think think, Gary. I think I mean it's fun. You know, everybody wants to have some fun with this. But the fact of the matter is that if it is that, it's actually not very funny. If there's an alien race that's capable of coming here, if that's even plausible, and they're able to evade a stinger uh, missile like that, uh, shouldn't we be a little bit concerned? Well, they should. Should we be shooting them down?
0: Because one missed doesn't mean they have the ability to evade whatever it is. Because the second yeah, but one hit. Yeah, government's
4: not being the least bit forthcoming here. So you know, initially, just take Lake Huron. I could go to all three locations, but just take Lake Huron. In the case of Lake Huron, first they said they couldn't go out; they couldn't find any debris. And they said, "Well, we can't really investigate. It was over the lake, and the waters are choppy." So somebody goes out there and they film it. It's a that. It's been a nice week here and. in in this part of the country. They go out and investigate, and they look and say, okay, uh, the waters aren't that choppy. Oh no, sorry, we didn't say choppy, we said deep. Yeah, it's very deep. We have the most expensive navy on the planet, and we can't go deep enough to investigate uh, uh, this event? I mean, the story just doesn't add up.
0: So you're kind of in the pox on both their houses, Democrats and Republicans. The administration and the Republicans aren't taking this seriously.
4: Yeah, but you know, I'm talking to an audience that's probably much more heavily tilted towards voting against Joe Biden than for him. And just simply saying Biden bad, Biden bad, Biden bad every time I come on is boring. I mean, that's, that doesn't, you know, what good is that going to do? I mean, it's, how is this audience going to have anything to do to change Biden? I think they should be on their own team. I always think people should be holding their own team accountable uh, to their principles. They rarely do.
0: Well, we have not heard from any private institution uh, saying, "Hey, you shot down our weather device or our weather balloon." Although they're pretty clearly not saying they're balloons, um, at least in some cases.
4: But so it could be a piece of technology that they're testing and they and they don't want to uh, be honest about. But they're doing this over U.S. territory without warning people in advance, and and then they're putting this out on the news. And and, and for what purpose? To scare us all? I mean, like if this was a secret, it would be. Well, okay, a secret, but it's not like this is we have a little bit of information, but not a lot. Why this information now, if it isn't something they know, the general from NORAD said, we don't know who it is. He's saying we don't know who it is.
0: If if it were President Babka instead
4: of President Biden, thank you for asking this question. I'm already grateful. I'm standing (laughs) here in the White House already grateful. (laughs) That's what
0: I do. These things.
4: I do live in the White House.
0: Yeah, it's true. I've been there. I've been there, yeah. Uh, If it were President Babco, what would he do right now? Well, you know, I actually think there is uh,
4: an opening available for somebody to actually run for president of the United States who actually would promise to do something like drain the swamp, but mean it. Like... There are real discussions that have to be had. We had, uh, the the government has probably lied to us about the source of COVID. The government's handling of COVID was probably done in large part uh, to, uh, on behalf of large pharmaceutical interests and some other interests uh, that, that, you know, profited wildly off of this crisis. Uh, and there's been massive economic dislocation. There's a discussion to have about that. Uh, we still have. We were supposed to have the assassination papers in 2017 on John Kennedy. We still just this December another dump was done, but they're still holding back information. We we have and we have this story, which you know there's actually a lot to this story if you actually start to dig into it about whether or not there are ob- uh, uh, beings or or objects visiting us from somewhere else. There is a lot of stuff out there about this subject. And rather than mock, ridicule, and call people who wonder about these things conspiracy theorists, why not actually put stuff on the table, open it up, and, and, and deal with these matters up front? And I'll tell you why. Because there's people that are trying in some way to profit from every one of these situations, or they did and they're afraid they're going to get caught. And so the person who's running for president of the United States should say, finally, we're going to treat the American people like the adults they are. We're going to treat everyone like adults, and we're going to put all the things on the table. And we're going to be honest about what happened here. And, and, and instead of the games that we're constantly playing.
0: Well, we can't let everybody know what's going on. They might panic. You know, people are just too stupid. <laughs> They'll overreact. They'll be <laughs> rioting in the streets. Blood will be flowing.
4: Yeah, we've never seen riots. They don't happen here in America. I know it would be such a strange experience for them.
0: Unless your team loses why. the Super Bowl. Um, all right, let me uh, let me let me grab a call or two here uh, and get some input here. Let's get a Jerry uh, Jerry on the on the balloon. Jerry, welcome. How are you?
2: I'm well, Jerry, I just want to say
0: that I believe this whole balloon thing and the timing of it is all about bumping the deficit ceiling it's all using fear like they've done year after year to put fear in the american people this military has never won a war
2: or anything since i've been alive and yet we keep overspending on it and yet they don't even protect us i'm tired of it jim
4: yeah i'm not even sure they protect the people who represent us in the uniform Uh, You know, what I expected you to say to me when I brought up the Sidewinder missile is that, hey, you know, these things are not well, you know, sometimes they're not well built, and that's actually true. Like there's there's actually a ton of evidence that the Pentagon is not is not the headquarters of our national defense. It's the world's largest per, largest purchasing department. It's full of graft and corruption. They've twice had to reveal that they're missing two trillion, and you did hear me correctly, two trillion dollars. They don't know. They can't account for. It. They haven't been audited. They can't be audited, and they gild the programs that, that they have. So you know, if they build a troop transport, there was a movie made about this right around the turn of the century. Uh, it was a comedy. Kelsey Grammer's in it. You can go look it up uh, about a troop transport that, you know, instead of having it be a troop transport, they decided to try to make it a tank, and then they tried to make it this and that. And they kept trying to And what ends up happening when you do that is you literally turn the thing into a death trap. And and uh, maybe the same thing is true of these $19 million F-16s and the 400000 a pop. Yes, 400000 a pop. Sidewinders. Can you imagine having a $400,000 bullet, Gary, and missing your target? I mean, <laughs> that, yeah. I mean, it's it's so... this is. Uh, I, I you know, I kind of wonder whether we're being served at all in any of this at any time. And I would even say whether or not the people in uniform are being served uh, at any time.
0: All right. Jerry, thank you for the call. Glad to have you on uh, the Gary Nolan Show. Uh, Grace Sarkey is... Grace Sarkey. I think he's referring to you as correct. We should be afraid of little green men. He's totally serious. Isn't it more likely that we would miss shooting at a weather balloon with an F-16 and Sidewinder because our military is not as perfect as our propagandists want us to believe. Back with more from Jim Babka on The Gary Nolan Show. Jim Babka with us, Grace Arkey on uh, YouTube and all the other platforms. Tick off some of the platforms that we can see your videos on.
4: Spotify, Pandora, iHeart, Stitcher, Google. Uh, all right, that's enough. That's enough. Yep. Don't
0: overdo it. Just showing off now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's get back to this. Uh, uh, wait a minute. You know what? I'll uh, tell you where I want to go. I want to go to that uh, train accident in uh, in Ohio. It's not all that far from you, um, but far enough away that you're you're not sucking up fumes. What, what, what would a libertarian say about that? Who's, who's accountable? How do you hold them accountable? What what do you think?
4: Uh, I think that uh, the, the <laughs> one of the things that people think when, when you bring up a voluntarist society is that it, it, what we are saying is no government. And the truth of the matter is, and we tried to lay this out at the Zero Aggression Project, uh, so people can go look at some of this material at zeroaggressionproject.org. They can go specifically and look at our mental levers. Uh, but one of the things that we talk about in there is the idea that we are pro-governance but anti-state. Uh, we're not interested in power hierarchies, we're actually interested in what's something we call consumer controlled governance. And what that means is that there would actually be far more government. There would be, but everybody would be picking their form of governance. And there would be far more community. People would find ways to band together and work together. And you, the, a lot of what the government does in situations like this is they socialize the losses uh so that the company itself that's responsible doesn't have to, or their insurance providers don't have to bear it uh stockholders are shielded completely from from any action whatsoever uh there's 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 plenty of wealth out there to deal with this that's how they tax all of us but most of us aren't responsible for the mess that happened now, we can choose to voluntarily participate in a solution and contribute and help, uh, but I would focus on the idea that you would have uh, some form of tort reform. Uh, the corporate shield would not work quite the same way as it does in a state of society as it would in a voluntary society. And everyone who had a hand in it would have maybe some small degree of responsibility uh, for the damages that, that need to be impacted. So that would mean that everyone would want to take better care. Uh, of what's happening, and there would be more justice. There wouldn't be a chance for a company like this to rig the game. I, I, I want to also point out, without the government, who would have broke the strike last December? Uh, this area of the country is an area of the country that's it's only it's, it's only an hour and a half drive from me. Um, it's an area of the country that was solidly Democrat in my father's generation, and is just as solidly Trump. In this generation, because the Democratic Party has repeatedly betrayed this area and they're doing they did it once again uh, when the labor, when the uh, rail workers wanted to strike last year, the Biden administration and Pete Buttigieg interfered and stopped the strike. They kept them. They made it illegal for them to strike. And there were a number of safety and overtime concerns on the table at the time uh what did that contribute in any way to what happened here did the fact that they forced the workers back and rather than listening to their concerns play a role that's something that actually should be investigated but i would say without the government to force them back without the government to cover up the losses who would provide us with all our spills who would spill the chemicals
0: you know really interesting observation and to tell you the truth i hadn't thought about this and when you brought up the strike, it was really an outside-the-box observation. A testament to your perspicacity, what would have happened? Maybe these people that were supposed to be doing the maintenance on these trains um, would have an effect, uh, because of the strike, on how the maintenance was done. It is uh, possible.
4: It is possible. Interesting. Interesting, interesting. Every time that I'm in a discussion like this, I do kind of want to insist. I find my fairness gene kicking in, wanting to point out, listen, the problem already happened. It's already horrific. And the government that may have done something to contribute to it. That's frequently the case. They're very bad at fixing the problem. That's always the case. Um, um, We have to actually compare, you know, apples, uh, road apples to apples a little bit here. Like, this is a road apple. It's bad. It's not good. We should be dealing with that fact, too. And then we can talk about Um, how we can make things better but in terms of making things better i think we can have a great deal more accountability and community in a society where governance and regulatory and security services were provided in a consumer controlled fashion because you have more power as a consumer than you do as a citizen
0: i wonder if um, for instance the the large banks that finance uh, these railroads uh, if they could have insisted that there be an adequate insurance in the event they're carrying a toxic uh, chemical, um, it, it, or if uh, you know they didn't own the tracks per se, uh, if you want to drive a train on our tracks, you need to make sure you have uh, adequate insurance to cover whatever may happen. I'm not sure.
4: Yes, um, yes. All of those things should have actually been been part of the discussion and and what would happen in a situation like this is you know it only would take one bad incident and we've had enough of these in life but it only take one bad incident for people to realize we got to kind of recalibrate our common law expectations so you know this is what is going to happen and maybe some people are going to suffer some um, pretty severe consequences that might take them a bit by surprise but it sets the precedent for the future that oh you know if we're going to run our train and we're going to take these chemicals we have to go with the following precautions and if we fail to make take those steps we're going to find uh, that our liability exceeds the value of our company or the value of our property and we're going to lose it
0: yeah and one more thing uh, nothing no system is perfect
4: That is correct. Including freedom, never one of the options.
0: Right, it's it's not perfect. Uh, Sometimes bad things happen, and there's just not a damn thing you can do about it.
4: But freedom. That may be, by the way, that may be part of what actually happened here on the ground. This chemical uh, was, you know, it starts boiling at eight degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, there probably was no way to clean it up and it probably was going to do tremendous damage to begin with. Was this the best solution? That's something they'll have to figure out in hindsight, but they might not have had a lot of time to calculate that at the time. And and so, you know, this might, <laughs> this might have been a terrible situation that happened where, you know, the next set of steps are not the problem. Like I see a lot of people go they chose to blow it up as if those are the criminals. Well, the, maybe the criminal action happened a lot earlier. Maybe that was people, uh, you know, choosing from a really bad set of options, the you know, the least worst one. Uh, and you, that's know, like frankly, we do, you know, like we do when we vote.
0: <laughs> yes, <laughs> Less, the lesser evil is yes. still evil. Jim Babka, Grace Arkey, look up either Grace Arkey or Jim Babka on any of those platforms that he mentioned when he was showing off on how many platforms he is on. <laughs> And watch them. They're entertaining as well as informative. Jim, thank you for being with us. Thanks, Gary. All right, buddy. Take care. Coming up, uh, Patrick Ishmael is going to be with us, Director of Government Accountability at the Show Me Institute. Apparently there are some education, accountability, and transportation bills moving through Jeff City. We'll talk about those. Also, was this question asked by a legislator inappropriate? You'll want to hear the question. I'll give you the details. It's the Gary Nolan Show on the Zimmer Radio Network.
2: This is the Gary Nolan Show.